Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Boing. 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 No, mine has a reason. Oh, uh, I thought we were just making noises. No, no, you want to know why I'm going boing? Okay. It's it's the sound of a, of a spring. Yeah. It's spring. It's totally spring. You're you get out. it? No, you're out. Look, I'll, compl- I'll explain it to you because you're not getting it. So it's <laughs> spring. Yeah. So I was making a spring sound. Yeah. Can I, I'm going to, I'm going to kick you out of the podcast. Um, this is just going to be the Kate show I, now. I have nowhere to go. And, uh, <laughs> I, this, this is my home. Yeah. Um, no, okay. No. Boing. Okay. okay. Fine. All right. All right. <laughs> so yay. Spring is sprung. Yes. It is now officially uh, not warmer at all. Nope. Uh, in fact, in parts of the country, there's snow. Yep. In fact, it's predicted to have snow here in uh, the Chicagoland area. Really? Uh, yeah, later this week. Oh. But it's been saying that for a while, so I remain incredulous until I actually see it. Yeah. We'll Dad see. is, uh, he's pretty curmudgeoned right now. He's very angry. <laughs> he's curmudgeoned? He's, it's like a verb now? He's curmudgeoned. He, uh, he's like... <laughs> Fully curmudgeoned. He's like, I just, I won't be happy until it's 60. Like, all right, Dad. That's a fair point. I mean, That's why people move to Florida, I assume. There really is no other reason. Yeah, they keep trying of, to do trips someplace warm, and yeah, then they keep and then failing. failing. Yeah. They do fail. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, sorry. Sorry, parents. <laughs> but, uh, yes, but it is spring. Yeah, we don't have snow right now here in Chicago area. Nope. So that's okay. Yep. Um, now, speaking of spring. Yes. Uh, last time we did a little podcast, uh, we mentioned the, the book Shrek. Um, which has nothing to do with spring. Wait, 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 I was just trying wait, wait, wait. to do a... Time out. Time mm-hmm. out. Yes? We haven't even introduced ourselves. Oh. Right. I'm Shrek. No. And, no. Sorry. And I'm a curmudgeon. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a Shrek and curmudgeon show. <laughs> where we curmudgeon about Shrek. Uh, Why is not... it Shrek 60? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with Shrek? That's a different type of show. Um, no, I'm Betsy. I'm Kate. And we have a show here. Uh, and our what do we do on our show? We talk about children's picture books. We do! And and, and what about them? And, oh, and whether they should uh, be classics or not. Right! And I didn't even know Shrek was a children's book. Well, that was what I thought. So for a while there, because we keep mentioning Shrek in terms of was it a good movie or not. Spoiler alert, not. Hey, and, um, I like Shrek. No, moving on. And, uh, and uh, so I thought, hey, because we mentioned it so much, it would just make sense to do the book, the original picture book, which is not a bad idea, and we may do someday, but I have no information about Shrek. Like, you know how I'll have, like, this background information on the books we do and everything? Right, right, right. I got nothing on Shrek. Well, it's not that old. It's pretty old. The book. The oh. book is, uh, I'm gonna say 80s. That's not that old. It's ancient. No one was alive then. (laughs) No one was alive. (laughs) No one was alive then. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, well, 
It's older than I care for. I mean, it just, there's just nothing aside from, hey, it was turned into a movie and then a musical. There's right. not a lot to say about it. So, I chose today's book instead. Drum roll, please. Sylvester and the Magic Pebble by William Steg. Steig? Steig. Steig. We're going to go Steig on that sure. one. William Steig. Um, e before I except after G. What? It's still Steig for some reason. <laughs> I don't understand it. Steig. I'm going to call I'm pretty sure it's not Steig because I, I believe I've been horrendously corrected on that point in the past. Oh. Uh, Betsy, did you look it up before you started the podcast? Quiet, you. Um, so yes, this is by the same guy who did Shrek. Oh. Um, this is a guy who believe who okay. He's got a thing for donkeys, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he drew a good one. He liked a he liked a good donkey. This guy, not in that way. And he um <laughs> awkward awkward. And he knew how to draw him. He started his career quite late in life, uh, as I believe in his in his middle middle life, as they put it. Um, started making picture books and just knocked him out of the park with them. He did a lot of New Yorker cartoons. Uh, he was quite the artist. Um, and then he starts doing these, uh, picture books. And, uh, quite popular they were, but, boy, they were, uh, they were their own kind of thing. Now, this one, you can see, has a shiny gold sticker on it. Yeah. What's that shiny gold sticker? Um. Oh, you have to look. Oh, that's the Caldecott. Look. Yes, the Caldecott Award. Not the honor. Not second place for our boy. No, 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 no. This one, the gold. Which, in the back of this edition, because I have the restored deluxe edition, only the best for our podcast, uh, it actually contains his Caldecott speech. Now, the Caldecott speech tends to be a very long affair. This one can be summed up in two pages, because he didn't like speaking in front of crowds. So, it's an adorable little two-page speech. Uh, so, feel free to read that one, too, uh, when you read the book, or not, as you prefer. And here you go. Okay. Enjoy that thing. Now, usually at this point, I give you an interesting fact about the book while Kate does her read. Uh, yeah, there's, there's actually, you know, I said there wasn't a lot for Shrek. There's not a ton of information out there about this book either. We have a little bit of information, but uh, I'm going to save that. So I'm just going to say to you, why don't we just look at that cover image for a second that is on Sylvester and the Magic Pebble. Just look at it. Name me one other picture book where the defining shot of the book is two parents desperately searching and querying their neighbors about the disappearance of their only child. This may be the most heartbreaking picture book cover image of all time. If you don't agree, email us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You're back. Yes. You came back. I did. Wonderful. I'm not a rock. No. I am a human being. You're a human. Yes. Human being. Yes. And not a rock. I'm so glad we established that. Yes. Uh, but some people do, do become rocks occasionally. Sometimes. And this book proves it. Yep. Yes, it does. It's a fact. Science. Science. All right. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll go through the plot here uh, and go through and, and talk a little bit about this book. What were your, your, uh, your impressions of it? Okay. Yeah. So we got this, uh, this donkey. He's a donkey. He's, I would, if I had to place him, I would put him at 12 years old. Yes, I think that is a, that's a fair thing to say. Okay. Yeah. 
We got uh, this donkey who likes to collect uh, pebbles. Yes. He's a pebble collector. A pebble lector, one might say. <laughs> one and, might not, actually. And he has parents that remind me so much of ours. Oh, yeah. Except for the, what the mom wears. I don't think the right. mom wears... No. But yeah. but the uh, the father with mm-hmm. reading the paper with his glasses. Yeah, and his pipe. Yeah. Back and then the, the mom who uh, we see her knitting at yep. some point. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a little creepy. Are the, Okay, well, <laughs> when we get to the knitting, we need to see where the knitting needles are facing. Are they facing up? Or are they facing down? Fair enough. Children's illustrators have a horrible, horrible, horrible tendency to make them straight up. Like they've never seen a human being knitting. You mean the tops of the needles the are facing down? The tops of the needles, like the pointy part is like facing down to down. the ground. Right. And the backs of them are like, like antennas on an old rabbit ears television. <laughs> and Dr. Seuss does it. Like pretty much you name, P.D. Eastman did it. Like you name the illustrator... They did it because apparently no one they knew knit, and they could never like check it. And it happens to this day. There's no internet, Betsy. How are they supposed to get yeah. information? Yeah, no, no women <laughs> could you find anywhere who knit. This is like one of what my do greatest. Women know? Yeah, this is one of my greatest pet peeves of all time. Is incorrect knitting needle placement in picture books. So, oh, I will be very interested to see how they oh, face. Oh man, see, I'm just, ta- I'm just taking notes of like how to piss off Betsy in a children's book. Yeah, have, uh, <laughs> have the sentence go over multiple pages. Yes, a uh, la the uh, little legend that could. Uh, have knitting needles facing the wrong way. A la uh, the Lorex. The- Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Right. Oh, big problem with the Lorax. Well, back there. to this. Oh, right, this. So, right, okay. so the donkey is sitting by, um, let's say, a river. Sure. A, 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 a stream. Stream. Sure. Yes. And he finds this red, this flaming red. Flaming. Excuse me. Very flaming red. Flaming red, shiny, perfectly round, mm-hmm. like a marble pebble. Yes. And, uh, and the he, devil, you say. And he and it's pouring rain, and he holds this pebble, and he says, ah, "I wish it would stop raining." And all of a sudden, stops raining. And these ducks, <laughs> these I call them the, the WTF ducks, yeah, because they are looking up at the sky. Wait, wait, what are they saying? WTF, mate. Well, they could be saying, oh. you know, what I think they're saying, quack, quack. I think that's what they're saying. Okay, fine, WTF, whatever. <laughs> no, 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 they're saying. Quack. Quack? Yeah. Uh-huh. But they're clearly baffled. You're correct. I mean, I would be baffled, too. Yeah. If all of a sudden it's not raining, then it is, and then it's not. It's sort of a, wait, what? Because he flips it back to raining again, but we don't see the ducks. They have taken off. They know when they're in a weird position. So yeah. here, so twice, I've noticed this weird grammatical thing that he does. What? I, and I don't think it's right, because in parentheses, he has a sentence. But oh. it's not a full sentence. So huh. all it says in the parentheses is, where indeed it was. That's not a full sentence. That is odd. I You should take out the, the yeah. period. It's... I once wrote a book with someone who did that. Um, that doesn't seem grammatically right to I, me. But she did it consistently. And to, to the point where, yeah, my, my, no, my, my oh. co-writer. Oh. Uh, to the point where I had to just assume that that was the way it was supposed to be. So I am, I've seen it before, but I cannot speak to it. Um, but I don't think that's right. I, if you it were, doesn't feel right. No, because... If, I would never do it myself. Because there's a period before the parentheses. Yeah, no, I hear you. Which makes you think that, okay, the next sentence is going to be a full sentence. Right. 
And there's another time, yeah, and on this page it says, in the parentheses it says, though all the time he was less than a mile away. That's not a full sentence. I would agree with you. So it's, I, I don't, ugh, that bothers me. If you, me. dear listeners, understand why it's doing that, please give us an email at fusegatead at gmail.com. I learned a new word. Oh, what's your new word? Fetlock. Yes. Yes, he he wished the suns the sunshine back in the sky, and he wished a wart on his left hind fetlock would disappear, and it did. I like that he has it slightly up, uh, in that scene where he's sitting on the rock, the fetlock is raised. We don't really know what a fetlock is, but it, it's just an odd word to have in a uh, children's book. Oh no, but it's so simple. You can tell kids any word; they're just gonna believe you. So. <laughs> I, Might as well put the complicated ones on there. But then we come to Strawberry Hill. <laughs> where where the, Did he find a thrill? No. Well, I think he found he, a thrill. He found a thrill. Yes, he did. Uh, he found a lion. Mm-hmm. And the lion is uh, looking straight at him, mm-hmm. and the donkey is holding his pebble, and instead of thinking, I wish to be at home, or I wish to be with my parents... Which would be a logical thing to wish. The first thing that comes to mind is, I wish I were a rock. Well... That's the yes. that's the least creative thing you could have possibly like. This guy is not creative. Look, he chokes. Okay, he chokes. He was in a bad situation. Have you ever been in a bad situation, Betsy? I have. And have you ever thought to yourself, "Man, I wish I were a rock." Not once. No, not that's not, not once. a thing. But I don't collect them. Maybe if you're constantly working with them, you feel a kinship. Wouldn't you to want them? to be a pebble then? Wouldn't you want to be small? I don't know if I would think in those terms. I mean, I'm I mean, in a panicky not, situation. He's not, really, he's not yeah. a rock. He com- becomes a I boulder. mean, my assumption is that he sees the lion and he thinks to himself, what don't lions eat? Rocks! Really, this is a boulder. That is a boulder. Well, it's a donkey-sized rock. And yeah. then you look at this lion who... <laughs> it, it says he looks... He's confused, perplexed, puzzled, bewildered, and he thinks, maybe I'm going crazy. <laughs> of him just makes him look kind of sad. I think he just really wanted a friend. And then the donkey... I don't know. That initial picture of him looking at the donkey is not friendly. It's, it's more like... Maybe he just has... I'm gonna eat you. RBF. RBF? Um, I, you, you speak in young tongue that I speak not. You Look it up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> RBF. RBF. Maybe that's what he has. Okay. And, um... <laughs> So, anyway, moving on. So he becomes a boulder. He does. And, but the, and he thinks to himself, I didn't think this one through. Yeah, because the little red pebble is sitting next to him. Yeah. Not touching him. No. And he can't get, he can't move to the pebble. <laughs> he cannot. The pebble can't move to him. Really. So he's just stuck. Really chose the only object anywhere in this picture that couldn't move. I mean, mm-hmm. even if he became a tree, like, he could have had a branch. He could have had a branch. Could, down, yeah, a root. A root to yeah, come up. Yeah. A flower. No, it was a bad plan. It was a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I really like the uh, illustration of the night sky and yeah. all the different seasons throughout the book. I think they're very pretty. He's very pretty. Uh, so, mom and dad are freaking out because... As one would. Right, because their kid didn't Their only home. child. Not home. Uh-uh. They ask all the neighbors... Yep. They uh, they ask all the the children, the puppies, the kittens, the colts, and the piglets. Which I'm sorry, it's a little weird. These are supposed to be kids. Mm-hmm. They have a toy. It, there's a, 
To- there's a dog. Yeah. There's a puppy. Right. And then there's a toy dog yeah. in a wagon. Well, come on. Like, you know, you've got the, ki- the small children that have the baby dolls. This is the canine equivalent. Is it? Yeah. It's totally. Okay. I, I am on board with this choice of toy. You wouldn't, it would be very weird if there was a small human in I'm there. I'm on board that the cops are pigs. Yes. Okay. So this book was made in what year? 1969. You think that this is a coincidence? It is not, my friend. And this book has actually gotten in trouble because of that. <laughs> People have been like, how dare he make the cops pigs? Uh, but they but, are. But there's other pigs in here, and they own the neighbors. Yeah, exactly, they've got neighbors' pigs, so it's not like yeah. it's the only time you see pigs. Right. Cops. However, they they are both cops. Yes. Yeah. They're both pigs. So then we got these all all the dogs in the entire town are sniffing around trying to find um, the poor donkey, but he he's a rock, so he yep. doesn't smell like Dogs anything. Do, yeah, rocks okay. Don't so her. So we, now we've come to the mom, right. okay. who is crying with her knitting. Knitting needles are not with their ends in no, the air. No, they are, they are spread they apart. They are spread apart, and they are, but they are flat, and that is fine. Right. You can physically, though, Gosh, how look you... Look at that, the flowers are the dead. The flowers are dead. <laughs> Dad the, can't even pick up his pipe anymore. Oh. How does a... I got a question for you. How do you hold knitting needles with hooves? How do you smoke a pipe with a hoof? Very careful. With a hoof. Hoof. A hoof. A hoof. A hoof. A hoof. Right. I was doing the plural before, but yes. Hoof. 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 Um, oh, I, one thing I forgot to mention is when all the dogs are sniffing around, uh-huh. you got this scary, yeah. scary dog with the bright red eyes. Yeah, the pink eye dog. The dog with pink eye. I, my theory is that he has been up for like three days <laughs> trying to find... The most dedicated dog of them all. Yeah. He's going to he's a crack this case. And he's and he the, the fire department is counting on him <laughs> to find and he he's just in look he's this is he what hasn't eaten him. in three days. No. Super skinny. He he thought he was gonna solve this case. <sighs> Poor thing. Failed. So as the seasons go by, I think I this is my favorite one, is That it? is the, lovely. The, the autumn. The autumnal. With, you have sky. like the water paint sky. With the with the bit of blue that's just trying to peek through, but otherwise it's all clouds. You have winter, uh, with the the boulder just sitting here through all these seasons, mm-hmm. not moving, and, and the donkey slash boulder is <laughs> Donkey Boulder. Donkey Boulder. We're is, just gonna go up. Sounds like a weird insult. <laughs> you donkey boulder. Don't how dare you? I said How it. dare you? <laughs> You take that back. No. <laughs> and he's and as the seasons go by, it's Aww. still there. But what I don't understand is how the heck did this pebble <laughs> not move for an entire year? The wind didn't move it. Animals didn't move it. Did it ever mention it's surprisingly heavy? No. Maybe it's no. Maybe it's like a little piece of lead. No, he said it's like a marble. He said it looked like a marble. Maybe it felt like a little piece of lead shot. Maybe it was remarkably heavy for its size. Well, hold on. It says... Right, let's check the tape. It was a flaming red, shiny, and perfectly round like a marble. Like a marble. But it didn't say how heavy it was. True. Maybe it was as heavy as a fetlock. <laughs> I'm just going to work that into every sentence now. Donkey boulder. What? what so, you? <laughs> so then, uh, then mom and dad decide to... Try and go out and have a picnic to uh, it looks move on so with their lives. Sad. Oh my gosh! This I is, love her house dresses. She's oh, it's so depressing. I know. And uh, 
So they find this rock. Like, 50% of this book is just depressed donkeys. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's a very sad book. It's a very sad book. But the father does have a very dapper uh, suit. And is he smoking a cigar? Yeah, well, he obviously didn't have the energy to pick up a pipe anymore. So he's, so moved he's on making do. He's moved on to cigars. And uh, Which it smells great. And by they the way. set up a picnic on top of this rock, mm-hmm. this boulder. And uh, and this is what, what what's weird to me. Mrs. Duncan felt some mysterious excitement. You know, Father, she said suddenly. I'm sorry, does she not know her husband's name? See, this is like a thing. Remember when like Nancy Reagan would always call Ronald Reagan? Like, daddy or something like Did that. She? Yeah, I think so. That's weird. It wasn't daddy. It was something like that. It was like papa or something like that. You know, it was like some... Yeah, it, this is something that people used to do, and I don't think they do it as much. But Like, when I'm hanging out with Matt, but he's my husband, really I, don't, a... I don't go like, daddy. Like, that's nah, not a thing. Okay, would you still call him father if he lost his child? Isn't that kind that of... That would be kind of like rubbing it in, right? right? Former father. Like, I, mean, I mean, why doesn't... I, I don't yeah, know. no. I just thought that was a little weird. Maybe the just forgot his name. That's true. But anyway, so they there's they find this this red pebble. They pick it up and they put it on top of the rock. And then the donkey slash boulder says, Oh, how I wish I were my real self again. And yeah. all of a sudden, the picnic food is all over the place <laughs> because he has turned... So he's ruined a perfectly good pic... Oh, wait. No, that's not the point. I mean, he did. Yeah. I mean, all the ants... It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be an issue. It's gonna be a mess. He's probably starving. And but anyway, so mom and dad are happy to see him. They're crying. He's crying. Everyone's, Everyone's crying. crying. Dad's doing his own happy dance yep. there. How he knew that they were there is a little unclear since he couldn't see them, but he could hear them. He could hear. Could he? Okay. Bolus don't have ears. Right. I don't know. I mean, uh, the warmth of his own mother sitting on him is woke. Oh, so her butt. Yeah. He felt his mom's butt. Right. That's awkward. He's a little weird. <laughs> so if I sit on my child and they're blindfolded, they're just going to know it's me? Oh, that feels like I'll my mom's test, butt. <laughs> I'll test that out at home. I'll just randomly sit on my children and see if they can figure out. That's like, weird. Who am I? Anyway, so they go home. They put this pebble... <laughs> they put this pebble in an iron safe. And then... Because what more could they want? They they all they have all that they want now that their son is home. They want to keep that pebble away from anyone else who might use it. Yeah, yeah. which is not a bad idea. Not my a children, bad idea. I read this book to my children. They were a little baffled by that part. They were like, "Why did they put it in a safe?" And I'm like, "I don't know. To it's a pretty it dangerous from... pebble, man. Yeah, you could to just keep like, it away from this kid." Yeah, who knows how many idle wishes you make in a given day? You know, like I don't apparently think. I wish I was a rock, but what now I can't help but think that, you know? Right. I mean, every time he picks it up now, he's going to think, don't wish you were a rock. Don't wish you were a rock. Don't wish I was a rock. Ah! I did read the the Caldecott acceptance speech at the end. Yes. And I thought it was interesting because he mentions uh, Pinocchio. And I do see the similarities between Pinocchio, who wants to go from... Mm -hmm. uh, Wood to being a human. Yes, that's true. And then from this donkey... Going from an animate to an inanimate you ever, you ever object. You read the full Pinocchio? No. It is a freaky story. It was serialized in newspapers. Um, and uh, it's weird. It's really, it's good. But it's weird. It's very weird to me that people in the past loved it as much as they did. Because I'm like, there's a lot of death. A lot of death in Pinocchio. Hmm. 
Um, I just thought it was an but you're right. The transformation, yeah, and it's very he, much one. And that he brought it up in his speech. You know that makes uh-huh. sense. But then that's very true. At the very end of his speech, uh, he gives gratitude to this woman who telephoned him from Chicago. So is he from Chicago? Not to the best of my knowledge. I always took him to be a New Yorker. Just between, well, but that's interesting. Yeah, so I saw that maybe he was... Telephone me from Chicago. That could just be his his, uh, his editor lived in Chicago. Oh. Though what oh. publisher would have lived in Chicago? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I felt when... Um... Oh, no, 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 no. I know what this is. The American Library Association is based out of Chicago. Mm. And pretty regularly, the, the annual meetings, uh, or the midwinter meetings, I guess, uh, would have been in Chicago. So I'm sure the committee was in Chicago and gotcha. decided on it. That's what that is. Because I, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's not local to us. Oh, yeah. I, was gonna say I know, would, it would have been, been cool a nice... It would have been very cool. All right. All right, a little, little background information here. Uh, so on the picture book poll that I took, uh-huh. this book came in at 55. That's not bad. It's not bad for it, I gotta say. It's definitely not a household name, this book. Well, it's not a great title. Yeah, it's not. Sylvester and the Magic Pebble. Right. I mean, if they'd called it Donkey Boulder, I would remember that instantly. I think that would have been a much better name. <laughs> so Kids, we're not going gonna... to refer to it as Donkey Boulder. Kids, we're going to read Donkey Boulder tonight. Yay! <laughs> Yay! It's our favorite, it's Donkey Boulder! <laughs> but then they'd be like, how come the boulder's so small? Like, that's the pebble. That's the pe- Anyway. Yeah. Um... He, this is not the William Stagg book that I was read as a child. I was read one uh, as a kid called The Magic Bone, um, which was much... Bone? Bone. It was so weird. It was about a little pig girl. She had a little bonnet. She finds a talking bone, like you do, that uh, all it can do is imitate people's voices. A fox kidnaps her to eat her. Um, she gets away. Bandits with knives and honest-to-God guns hold her up at one point, and it scares them away by making, like, dog noises. Uh, it was a weird one. So compared to that, this is the most normally normal picture book of all time. Yep. It's a good one. Let's see. Uh, one person who, who did nominate this book on my poll said of it, quote, Overwhelming anguish and transcending joy. Not common fare for picture books. A book in need of an amber alert. Oh, yes. Which, yes. Yes, that's a, sort of That's agree. true. Yeah. It yeah. is sad. Like, 80% of the book is pretty sad. Another person who wrote said, I know a little girl who cried when she thought Sylvester would be a rock forever. I'm not sure what it says about me, but that made me love the book even more. The best <laughs> books are a little scary, aren't they? That's a theory. Now, are the best books a little scary? No. You were terrified of Goodnight Moon. (laughs) Hungry Caterpillar. Oh, that's a terrifying book. That's not terrifying. All he does is eat. That's not terrifying. So scary. Uh, You know what? I'm getting... I get it mixed up now now with... um, You remember we we sometimes read the... uh, the, the scary, the horror versions uh-huh. of... And the horror version of that, oh, that one is... was so frightening that yeah, now but, but... I permanently... Also, <laughs> someone recently made a mock video of a horror movie version of The Very Hungry Caterpillar. So now it's just inextricably linked in my head. But you're right. And his eyes. He has no pupils. Anyway. <laughs> no one else find that scary? Anyway. Mm. They're not all scary. Uh, the mosquito buzzing in your ear story? That's not scary. It's got a dead baby owl in it. keeps showing the corpse repeatedly. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of... There's a little dead there is, there is owl, owl side. Yeah. There's owl side in that book, my friend. <laughs> 
Yeah, see, you can, and besides, remember that picture of the snake? Like, the nightmarish image oh, yeah. of the snake with the fangs? So, yeah, I guess every good picture, well, okay, wait, hold on. Crown. I really liked Crown. Crown's not scary at all. That's not scary. That's just good. Yeah, good call. Alright. Not every picture book. Not every picture book just has to be scary. a lot of, a lot of the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's how you discipline your children. <laughs> Dang right. <laughs> you kids behave or I'm gonna break out some more... <laughs> Sylvester, Sylvester and the Magic, Magic Pebble. Pebble. Some more Donkey Boulder. <laughs> like, what book? Donkey Boulder. Oh! <laughs> that one. All right. That's honestly all I have for it. I, okay. There's really not much more to say about it. Uh, that's all she wrote, folks. So, is it a classic or not? Hmm. Well, okay. I'm erasing... Okay, I'm, so I'm erasing... It's Caldecott Awards. Okay, we take that out of the equation. Sure. I'm erasing any knowledge of any other book he's ever done. Like, even who he is. Okay, yeah, just the it. book is standing yeah. in a field yep. with no trees. Right. And just the sun beaming down on it. That's yep. all there is. Does it stand on its own I give as a it, classic? Um, I give it actually kind of where it stands in your poll. Because your poll was, what, a 50-something? It was a 55. I'm giving it a 5. I think it's right down the middle. I don't think it's amazing. I don't think it's the worst. I, I It's fine. I'm, uh, yeah. You know? We're going to give it, uh, I, I like how you said that, uh, so if it was a 55... It'd be a 5.5. Yeah, how did, you read my mind? How did you even do that? Did you just, like, reach into my brain and pull out the logic that I was coming up with there? I just put a point in there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is what I I took did. that little pebble and I just stuck it That's in there. That's where that little red dot is yeah. right there on the piece of paper there, yeah. It's okay. pretty heavy, isn't it? <laughs> really heavy. Right. You could not move that thing if there was... <laughs> wind or rain or so hungry shiny. wolves howling or what have you yeah but boy is it shiny yeah so shiny uh yeah so this may be the most toe over the line toe over the line book we've ever done yeah yeah because we're not even that divided on it i no. think i feel about it the exact same way you do it's a perfectly good book yeah so it comes to 5.25 sure. between the two of us all right! Yay! yay. <laughs> well done. Unenthusiastic yay! We it's can. like if I had a banner, I'd just be like, not even like waving it, just sort of move it to one side. Yay! I'd let the wind yay. move it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'd go like, about <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can yay, summon the energy. Boulder. Yay, donkey boulder! Yay, donkey boulder! You know, Leather. with all these animals, there's no anuses. I'm surprised. No, because they're all wearing clothes. Yeah, they're all wearing clothes. Except it's... for the chickens, and the chickens are circumspect. But the the children aren't wearing clothes, right? That was weird, wasn't it? And the wolf wasn't wearing clothes either. Wolf? You mean lion? Oh, they're all no, sitting no, no, on no, no, the butts. No. Well, you're right. Also the lion. Yeah. Yeah, they're all see. They're all seated. Yeah. Maybe he couldn't draw a convincing animal, but maybe it happens. Apparently, if you're an adult, you wear clothes, but no, the lion's an adult. I have no idea. And the ducks didn't. Yeah. There's some logic behind this. I'm just not getting what it is. <laughs> Moving on. Right. Letters time. Boop, 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 boop. So we have a couple. Uh, first up, Marissa. Uh, it begins, Marissa says, I didn't know you had a podcast. Surprise! Hi! <laughs> but now I've listened to it, and it is so much fun. Yay! I love the way you deconstruct books, and your sister is a wonderful foil. That's your now official name, Wonderful Foil. Like aluminum, or...? Yes. Okay. You are shiny, <laughs> and you make baked potatoes very well. I make lots of noise. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, and then she puts, 
And just my two cents, your voices are very different. Your Thank sister, goodness. Yeah, your sister sounds a little like Claire Danes, don't you think? Oh. Oh. <laughs> well. Apparently you sound like Claire Danes. Thank you. And that's <laughs> quite the thing. I, I'm so, I'm actually, I'm flattered. I could not conjure up Claire Danes' voice if you had a gun to my head. I do not know. But apparently it she sounds, sounds like, like you. me, Betsy. Okay, all right. Yep. So I'll just take Marissa's word on that one. <laughs> Thanks, Marissa. All right. Uh, Laura uh, had something to say about the, the book Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. It says, if you watch the Disney short, the cow is offended by being called a cow. So Kate's totally on the money with that one. Thank you. Look at this. All these people like lining up to agree with right? Kate today. I don't even know what this I is. I love right. it. <laughs> All right. Send more love letters to fusekate at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Amanda says, uh, that she listens to our podcast all the time while shelving books in her school library. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Amanda. Everyone was so complimentary this week. I didn't get a single insult. So y'all need to be meaner to me. All right. Yeah. Be mean to her. Wait, no. That's not right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Mean to her. Nice to me. Finally, Lorelai wrote, she said, hey, Betsy and Kate, Look at what my mom did to the cover and title page of Little Black Sambo in the late 1960s and 70s. She was ahead of her time. Love the podcast. Okay, so what we have here is an edition. We believe it is one version of Little Black Sambo, um, illustrated in 1961 by Bonnie and Bill Rutherford. Well, she changes it two different ways. The, uh-huh. the jacket cover she changes to say Little... Brave Sambo. Little Brave Sambo. Yeah. And then the actual physical book, she takes tape. Uh-huh. And so it just says... Little Sambo. Little Sambo. Yeah. And in both... And in this case, this is one of those rare books where the child looks like they are from India. It's very clearly an Indian child. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah, She was ahead of her time. She, she really was. So, well, well played there, Lorelai's mom. That is fascinating. All right, grown up things we like. Yes. What do you like, Kate? What so, do you like? So it's been a while, mm-hmm. but I figured I'd still bring this up. Okay, do we? A couple weeks ago was the March for Our Lives. It was all across the United States, um, protesting and and being in support of the Parkland survivors in Florida. And I went to Union Park in Chicago, and I decided to make a sign, and I wanted it to be not. Funny, you know, where it, it makes jokes of, of gun violence, but I still wanted it to kind of be a little more lighthearted because there were so many signs that were, I mean, they were great signs, but they were awfully depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one sign in particular that I liked. Well, there were a few signs that I liked. Yeah, one of the signs said, um, the Salisbury steak should be the most dangerous thing in school. But then there were plenty of very serious signs that said, NRA, there is blood on your hands, and there was bloody handprints on it. Read books, not eulogies. Teachers need books, not bullets. So I decided to make a sign. And I needed your help because I forgot her name. But <laughs> my sign said, and I drew a picture of, um, what were the names of those books? Like, Miss, Ms. Nelson is Ms. missing? Ms. Nelson! The Ms. Nelson books. Right. So I drew a sign of Viola Swamp, and it said, I remember when the scariest person at school was Viola Swamp, not a shooter. And I had lots of people about, you know, in there, lots of millennials, I should say, see that sign and just go, that's amazing! And they would take pictures with it, and 
But another sign that I really liked said, um, puns, not guns. Oh, and the, nice. the entire sign was filled with just puns. It was, it was very... That was just an excuse to write puns. Yes, yes, yes. But I approved of it. I so, understand. So that was, that was my adult So thing. I, I, I uh, social media the heck out of your, your sign. You got uh, 81 likes and 9 retweets on the Twitter. Ooh. And on Instagram, you got 141 uh, likes. So Woo. there you go. People That's, liked uh, that sign, man. People liked that sign. You did a very good, Miss Nelson. Thank you. It was very convincing. I'm sure. Uh... I got a little wonky with the fingers, but uh... <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> fingers figured, are hard. I figure she just has really, really long nails. <laughs> so... yeah, exactly. James Marshall would have approved. Yeah, That's okay. the important thing. So my favorite, uh, my my growing thing I like. So as you recall, I did mention this a little early. Um, children's books made horrific. We have used in the past. Uh, this was an old. Uh, thing that the Toast used to host. Um, Mallory Ortberg was the author of them. She would take classic picture books and then make horror story versions of them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes horrendously well done. If you haven't seen her version of The Little Prince, it's basically the most nightmarish aspects of a Ray Bradbury story. It is horrifying. Well, uh, she, you know, these belong to the Toast. She can't collect them and turn them into a book. However, that didn't mean she couldn't new, do new ones for a book. So she has a book out right now. Um, just came out. It's it's selling like hotcakes. It's called The Merry Spinster, Tales of Everyday Horror. And it includes such horrific versions of The Wind in the Willows. Oh, The Wind in the Willows. Now, The Wind in the Willows is actually a little bit similar to her version of Frog and Toad that she did before. Um... But it, I'm not going to hold that against her. The The stories are great. Some of them are fairy tales. Some of them are, are classic children's books. But longer ones, uh, you got to check it out. It is magnificent and terrifying. Uh, so that is the Mary Spencer Tales of Everyday Horror by Mallory Ortberg. Right on. Right on. Cool. All right. So, yeah. Donkey boulders. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've been Betsy. Now it sounds dirty. I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Donkey boulders. What the heck? Fusing Kate is a Fuse number eight production. You can reach us at fusekate8.gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8. E I G H T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our galactic viceroy of research excellence is Drew Atienza. Views 8 and Kate is creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. <laughs>